Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Emily. And I don't know why that came out so quiet. It did come out real quiet. Like I, I took was like, di- I, I didn't feel like you were that quiet, like when we were talking like pre-show chit-chat. No, like I took a deep breath. I'm like, all right, I got this. I got this. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> I don't got this. It's like I had a compressor <laughs> lodged into my throat saying, no. Limiter. Ah. What's up? What is what is up? What is good? The Bengals won again yesterday. I, I think they, they might be who I want to see win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I am disappointed, though, uh, watching the Packers get knocked out. I wanted to make it one more week just so we could see Aaron Rodgers lose one more NFC championship. I and mean, that would just icing on the cake <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, man. The jokes. So many jokes. Like uh, I saw um, one tweet that said, uh, we all thought Aaron Rodgers had a shot, but we've thought that before. (laughs) Yeah. That was my favorite. That's pretty good. Um, That was pretty good. I mean, you know, it says a lot when people in Seattle who just traditionally like hate the Niners are like, we we want the 49ers to win. It's like, yeah, I would hate to see them win. Uh, yeah, I just want to see the Bucks lose today. That's at this point, all I care about in the NFL is who do I want to see lose, mm. and uh, Bucks is the only team I've got left. Because of Tom Brady. Because of, of Tom Brady. Oh, then I would also like to see them lose. Yep. Yeah. Just save see- some save some wins for the other teams. Yep. <laughs> save some rings for the other people. Uh. I do not like it, and nor do I wish to put a ring on it. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I honestly haven't been watching or just kind of checking updates. Going, oh, cool, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that yesterday's game was was interesting because um, it was tied until like the last like twenty seconds or something. The beetle, uh, the Beatles. Oh my the Beatles. Oh, the Bengals intercepted. <laughs> a football and then uh they kicked it and i was like tweeted like as they were getting ready to kick it i'm like i don't feel good about this and then i tweeted after they kicked it, i'm like i feel better about it now i have a bad feeling about this listen i grew up a Bengals fan um i grew up in cincinnati my Bengals. my come on god god my parents were Bengals season ticket holders and i would maybe go to a game a year and they were just so bad my entire time growing up. Yep. So, um, didn't they have like they've had like single win seasons recently too? I don't know about recently. Like in my lifetime, I feel like probably. But, well, I, yeah, I think that there there were years that they only beat the Browns, probably. As a fan of another franchise that is well acquainted with heartbreak. I sincerely wish the Bengals the best because it's nice to see when the the underdogs get a get a good run at it. Yeah, they don't want to be called underdogs, and but um, just traditionally, not nah, haven't been there. Nice, you You're love nice. to see you just. <laughs> it, nobody likes dynasties. I think is a thing, except the fans of that dynasty. Man, even then, it's like. It's boring. It's got to be boring. Like, I 
Like, listen, Ohio State's always been like a good football team, and it's easy to take that for granted, but they don't win every single championship. Yeah. You know? God. Well, anyways, uh, heads up to the listeners. We have rebranded as an NFL podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That sucked for people. <laughs> sorry. I apologize profusely. Sports ball. No, it's it's fine. The Bengals. Now we're gonna talk about brisket, aren't we? Uh oh yeah, I should probably start that at some point today. You haven't started it yet? No, but it's only like three pounds. It's tiny. It'll take yeah. like six hours. Okay. That's what I always tell myself when I start a pork and then when I'm like, it's only gonna take six hours, it takes nine, and then when I'm like, Oh, I better save a lot of time for it, it takes six. Well, I mean, I'm not in a huge rush, uh, and I'm going to have the place myself for the night, so I'm just going to be chilling. Mm. Got a, I got an online date tonight to, to play Age of Empires with a buddy, and when the brisket's done, the brisket's done. Nice. Yep. But Melissa is out of town mm. on a business trip, and business. kiddo is going to go spend the night with the in-laws, because that's what they want to do, and- they're excited about it. And so I'm like, wait, that means I get, I've, I don't think I've ever had like the, the place to myself in this house ever. <laughs> like not, not once, <laughs> not even a little bit, like, like maybe like for an hour when I get home from work before everybody else gets home. But uh, yeah, it's. I'm going to be like Tom it. Cruise in Risky Business. Play the Bob Seger. Like, don't get me wrong. I like my family, but. <sighs> yeah. But, 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 but like alone time where you're just like being loud or whatever is very fun. Very freeing. Yeah, I'm going to play some loud music. I'm going to cook my own food. I'm going to play video games and slob out. I'm going to maybe run the dishwasher night if I feel like it. But if I don't, I'm not going to. That's uh, that's some rebellious shit right there. <laughs> that's pretty rebellious. Speaking of yeah. loud music. I was playing this uh, new Death by Audio Germanium nice. filter through the Benson. Ooh, that's hot. It's very vintagey tones. I really loved it. The Germanium filter by Death by Audio. I forget where I saw the the line, but I, I maybe like guitar.com maybe. But someone penned that it was a, like a love affair, like an ode to putting a pencil in your speaker. I think that's from the product copy. Is it? Okay. I think Aaron wrote that. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty good. I'm like, oh, I, like a I can love hear- letter to sticking your pencil in a speaker. I think yep. it says also, I think I put it in my video description. Uh, that might be where I saw it as well. Um, <laughs> I don't I remember seeing it and it's, it, yeah, that, that sticks with me. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> sticks with you like that little piece of pencil that forever jammed into your finger. Yeah. Look. Dang, there it is. I actually no. don't have it. I don't have that. I'm just kidding. It's a mole. Oh. <laughs> but on this camera, it looked a little bit. It did look exactly like a piece of graphite just stuck in your hand forever and ever. Most people don't have molds like on their palms. So I suppose that's. And I didn't always have that. Like I, that developed in the last few years. But it's fine. I've had a doctor look, look at it. Yeah, I just have a bunch of cat scratches all over my Aww. my hands. 
Princess watching Jerry the Fisher. demo and I'm like turning the knobs and like the hat scratches are all like very visible because <laughs> they're fresher. I'm like, damn. What did you do to deserve those? I'm just playing. We play Hand Monster where like, you know, the claw kind of. Eh, she has fun. It's okay. She doesn't mean to hurt. It's Not okay. Right. I should. I need to f- make sure to include playing with Poppy this afternoon. I also got this from Rocket Music. Aww. One of their pick holders. It's a Picosaurus. It's a guitar Picosaurus. Ooh. Yeah, that is pretty adorable. Not gonna lie. Pretty, pretty, pretty cute. My kid would love that. <laughs> I like the color. I do too. Mm-hmm. Let me put it back over there. It's certainly a lot more aesthetically appealing than, say, uh, Altoids tin. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I have a little um for the pics that aren't going to fit in there. I have a little uh dish. I'll have some screws in that dish. Because, you know, screws get loose and all that. That's probably those darling song. Beep. Guitar picks. Do I have? Oh, here it is. Your Altoids 10 of picks? My Altoids 10 of picks. Shout out to uh, Jason Weiser. I, he uh, oh, yeah. sent me some of those wooden picks he made a while ago. And I broke those out for a session yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got some of those right here. I think I set mine out. I set it down somewhere. It's in here. Mm -hmm. Oh, there it is. It's on the couch. Yeah, Andrew had a recording session yesterday. I did. Yep. Yeah, finally recording that Patreon.com stretch goal wiggles cover. If you want to support us on Patreon, we're at Patreon.com slash get offset. And if you subscribe at the $5 level or above, you get access to our exclusive Discord server. And uh, access to what will hopefully be a finished song here soon. Yeah, I heard some... uh, clips on instagram yep <laughs> uh there there is work to be done there is uh, <laughs> oh there's always work to be done you know perfection right, is the between, enemy there's a difference between perfectionism and this isn't at all what we were going for but we were we were having fun and just toying around songwriting ideas that it just kind of came together differently than what we had hoped for originally songwriting um, arranging producing producing production ideas you know making sure that your guitars have that clarity but also that crunch that stereo getting the stereo fields right but keeping the guitars in phase i'm just saying words it was a good Uh, time yeah that's what i got yeah that's all it's recording can be really fun it can also be really boring it can also be really frustrating yeah i was um watching tiktok the other day and some guy that i went to college with just dropped into my feed and um 
I remember him because he was in a band that my then boyfriend was producing, like recording. And uh, the guy was making a TikTok and he's like, I have a cold right now. But I remember when I was in college, I was in a band and I cold like this and we went to record some vocals and uh, it was actually a lot easier to record the vocals when I had the cold versus when I like didn't have a cold. And I remember thinking, like, like I, I was a bad singer too. So I like I like I I was hard. I was equally hard for this guy to pull vocal takes out of my ex. But I remember him talking about how hard it was to pull vocal takes out of this guy on TikTok. And I actually do remember that story about like how when when this guy had a cold, it was so much like it was it was better. I mean, but maybe I if you're going for the Morrissey sound. No, I don't know what it was, but I, I think it's like maybe he was, you know, some, sometimes like there's over singing is very much a thing. And when you think about um, Al Green, like kind of style vocals, like when Al Green, the first time he went into a studio, he was really trying to like, you know, sing, like over sing it. And then like he got was getting so frustrated with the producer going, like sending him back in, like you're doing too much, you're doing too much, you're doing too much. Uh, he finally went in and just did kind of like a very, very laid back take and the pro- like, like almost to spite the producer, like, screw you, man. I just won't do anything this time. And the producer loved it. So, I mean, like, that's it. That's the money take. Let's go. Yeah. There can be a lot of things that can make somebody do better or worse. And sometimes like being sick will, can add like a gravelly quality to your voice or can mellow it out. I mean, that's what we had like, whiskey for. Yeah. <clears throat> well, <laughs> Like there, there are always interesting kind of things in, in production tricks or like things that you don't kind of expect. And like sometimes having a cold, cold will do it. And then sometimes you you hear things and takes, and you're like, oh my god, what was that? Like, uh, what, what Jewel will talk about um, when she was recording, who will save your soul? She's like, I must have been, I was, I think I was nervous. She says. Because, you know, it was such a bit high stakes. But when she would go, who will save? She's like, the back of my throat closed up and I sound like Kermit the Frog. And she just hated, who will save? (laughs) 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 And and she's right. Save your soul. Sure. Yeah. So I I don't know. Maybe... Something was going on. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, you know, I, and then you have a cold, your your voice is lower anyway, so that could have helped too. Right, but you can also just record first thing in the morning. I know when I'm like, first thing in the morning, I roll out of bed and just like full on like shack voice for like five minutes until my... Then after I like brush my teeth and all that, I'm like, oh, now it's not normal. But... <laughs> that's, that's called not warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yep. La 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 la. La 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 la. Right. If I... I had to do, um, I remember when I auditioned for NYU, I had to send them a tape of me singing Happy Birthday. And that song is a, a lot harder to sing well than you would think. It's a full octave. Da 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 da
Yeah. So you're like, I got to pick a key for happy birthday. Yeah, my, my vocal range is like this. So. <laughs> uh, now it's like, I, I mean, I took, listen, I took vocal vocal training to get as mediocre as I am at singing. Like I took classes, I paid for lessons in college. And now I'm just a bad singer and not the worst singer. It just takes, it takes a lot more work for me. People be like, can you sing harmonies? I'd be like, yeah, but I really have to practice them. And I really yeah. don't like practice. Yeah. I'm not ad-libbing a harmony. I'm, I have to sit down, like hit it on the piano and figure out what the, the line is. Listen to a couple oh, yeah. of times and then maybe also have that in my ears while I'm going for it. Someone has to tell me what it is and I have to like find the note before the song. Like, okay, you have to tell me what it is. I have to figure it out. Hit that. Get a guitar. Hit the. Hey. 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 So my problem is uh, sometimes I start to think, you know, like maybe I'm not as bad of a singer as I thought. Uh, And like maybe like I'm singing while I'm in the car driving around, like just really getting into it. Uh, and I'll get like a text message on my phone, the audio duck, and I am actually hearing myself. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Is that what I sound like? Oh my God. You you don't edit your like I edit my voice multiple times a week because I just hear it all the time. So I hear my talking voice and I know exactly what my singing voice sounds like. I made myself get used to my singing voice in high school. I had like I plugged in like my microphone to an interface and made myself get used to what my voice sounded like. Cause like it was just, and it was awful. It was horrible. But now like I hear my voice and I'm just like, yep, there it is. I'm slowly getting there with my voice, but I mean, for years, the only reason why I'd open my mouth in any sort of musical context is if there was literally nobody else to help lead worship at church. I'm like, all right, Jesus, I really hope you're okay with this man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I forgive me because I, I do not know what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, I released an EP where I sing on it and I like it. And I, I, you know, there are a lot of people out there who aren't great singers who uh, are singers like Willie Nelson, not a great singer, but he always wrote songs or released songs that were well within his vocal range and were written around his voice. So I tried to do, you know, a similar thing. And I liked the results. I liked them just fine. So, um, like, understanding your own limitations, if you're a, a songwriter who maybe doesn't have the most powerful voice, not a bad thing. I remember being in, like, the seventh grade, and my I had a teacher who just did not like Michelle Branch. She was like, how can someone be a singer-songwriter if they can't sing? I'm like, well, the songwriter part must be doing some of the heavy lifting there. But also, sure. like, what's wrong with her singing? Like, she's not, like, Whitney Houston. But, like, she's singing Wait till you hear what her take is on Bjork. Oh, my God. I'm sure she loved Bjork. Um, <clears throat> but it was kind of like... Like, the... That that sucked to hear because I was sitting there knowing that I wasn't a very good singer. 
Right. But I kind of wanted to be a singer songwriter. And I was like, Michelle Branch, you know, not the best singer, but a pretty good songwriter. And to hear that, that's hard. Sure. But, you know, I think people should, you know, be careful what they say around children. Because to quote Stephen Sondheim, children will listen. They do that indeed. And it's frightening. Yeah. Very frightening. (laughs) Oh, my God. And they're smart. Smarter than you think they are. Also frightening. Yep. Yeah. And one of our, um, someone on Instagram that I, I just got a hacked message from Instagram. Like, not, we didn't get hacked, but someone else certainly did. Oh, they're like, I... Crypto! I tripled my net worth overnight using this quick trick. Click did on you, this. That that BI- no, I didn't. Thank Pull you. It up, Thank though. you for not. Thank I'll you be- for not clicking on that. Uh, yeah, I would hope after, I mean, no, maybe I won't jinx myself here. But I would hope I wouldn't do that. After what, Andrew? Years of working in IT. I would like to think that I... Aware of a phishing attack when I see one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say after a personal experience. No. No, it's one of those things where, like, I, I'm the person in the building that should know not to click on it. Yeah. Which, should, if I were to ever do it, would just make it that much more embarrassing. Like, that I. I, uh, yeah. Everyone, everyone, you know, gets scammed sometimes. You know, once I lost some money and. Coney Island from a game like one of those games that they set up on the pier. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't really my fault. It was the, the other guy who was choking. He was choking. I just I really wonder. I still wonder how that game was rigged, but it definitely was rigged. <laughs> yeah. There's always a way and it's never obvious. Yeah. I've never taken the time to look it up. I just want some mystery in my life still. Yep. Mystery's fun sometimes. I I maybe lost 60 bucks. Oh well. I I, I went through a phase where I was like, I'm gonna learn some basic magic tricks. And uh, like I know a couple like basic card tricks are just fun to break out at a party every once in a while, but I don't really practice them, so I inevitably botch it. But it was, when I started realizing how some of that gets on, like like bottom dealing and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, that ruins so much fun of like watching anybody do card tricks like ever again. Because I'm like, wait, I see what you did there. Yeah. Like, even if it's just like very slightly, like, I started to pick up on like some of the, the what's going on. I'm like, oh my goodness, this ruins so much of the match. Like I don't enjoy it. Yeah, I. There, I, I do believe that there are things in life where you should try to maintain the mystery of it a little bit if you enjoy it. Yep. That's why uh, that's why Melissa doesn't watch behind the scenes uh, for movies. <laughs> yeah, I I don't like I don't want to get too deep into the well of how movie magic is achieved. And I'm just fascinated by that. That one's I'm pretty OK with that one being ruined yeah. for me. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, music's already ruined for me. <laughs> By necessity. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, my God. Let me stretch. I gotta stretch. Great job.
Big stretch. Big stretches. Um. <clears throat> so this is an interesting thought here. So I, I had my buddy over yesterday. And we were we were tracking stuff, and it, it was a good time. But I don't think he understood, like in the nicest way possible. I don't think he entirely understood the sound I was going for. <laughs> That's why you have to hire a producer who's familiar with your genre. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't because I'm not hiring anybody. He's just having a buddy over. And I, I mean, he's got his degree in recording engineering. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, we could probably figure it out, right? And he starts, he's like, all right, I got the, like, I got a couple of drum loops we could pull from. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go over, like for some metal stuff. By the time we were done, it just sounded like The Clash uh, <laughs> met metal core in a very strange way it was like it was kind of fun but it was like it was a little too slow the drums didn't sound right at all uh and uh for some reason probably because he's british I, my vocals came out sounding very british as well yeah your vocals sounded really british is that just how you sing what is that just how you sing uh no he's like yeah i need you to be angstier like so he's like trying to like coach you through make it because I sounded like super nasally and um, probably very metalcore, honestly, when I, the first couple of takes. He's like, no, I need more angst. And I think in his mind, he's thinking like metallic and metal. Uh, and I was like, so as I started getting angstier, it sounded more British. And we listened to the final take and he did, he was, uh, he did a track uh, uh, to double up. And we were listening to the two tracks. He's like, let me just pan it the two years. Which one sounds more British? I'm like, how do I sound more British than you? He sounded more American. So it's because like Americans learn to sing from Brits for, for some reason. And Brits learn to sing from Americans for some reason. <laughs> it's like, if you ever listen to Bob Pollard sing from guided by voices, like how that guy's from Dayton, Ohio, he's got the most Hilljack <laughs> accent when he talks. And then he sings like a British person talks like good Lord. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely have pulled from British accent just for vowel enunciation for singing because otherwise I can sound really terrible. But it just came through so strong that I mean, we got done, we listened to it, and we had an absolute blast. It was, uh, we were just like grabbing stuff and like, oh, what about this? And it was just, I'd call that more of a songwriting session more than a recording session than anything. Uh, but yeah, it was, but like I got down, like, we're going to end up scrapping absolutely every last track and there's not a single thing we 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 uh tracked yesterday we're gonna end up keeping oh man <laughs> it was all too slow it, like maybe if i want to take the time to quantize the vocals uh and, and speed it up to the tempo i'm, I'm looking for i uh, don't know but don't yeah. do that that's weird <laughs> don't do that sound, you should did you did you give him any reference tracks yeah, like halfway through, it was like, oh, I, I tried no, to be like, so this is kind that. of what I'm thinking sound wise. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to have any drum tracks for that, mate. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, you got to start with reference tracks. You got to start with reference tracks, both from just like an idea of like the vibe, the energy, like the genre, especially if it's something that the person might not be like super familiar with. And then like all the way through like the mastering process, like, Oh, here's kind of what I want it to sound like at the very end. Like that's kind of the first thing you should do when, when starting with a producer. 
Yep. After well, you pick one. Or even just like the description. So I could have been like the year is 2007. It's 1 p.m. You just woke up hungover and cracked a Red Bull and head downstairs to the basement. What do you write? And That's different for everybody, dude. <laughs> That's <sighs> different for everybody. I would have I would have written some folky sad shit in 2007 at 1 p.m. after cracking a Red Bull. Yeah, I probably would have just played Nirvana over and over again in 2007, but uh, 2007 is about the t- shortly after I started learning drums, let alone guitar. So, well, I was 18 in 2007. I was in middle school. <laughs> I, uh, I was senior year of high school, freshman year of college. Yep. So. Oh my god. I, I should have started with reference tracks, and uh, and I want to reiterate, I'm not being mean here. We we had a great time, <laughs> um, and he brought some tasty whiskey. Uh, yeah, no, it was just strange. It was as I was thinking about it, it after the fact, I was like, you can't always hire a producer that fits your exact genre, especially if you're breaking some genre boundaries. And so the, my thought process continued to iterate into, okay, so what, is, what are best practices? Like, what does it look like to, to work with someone across genre boundaries uh, to communicate that? I think reference tracks is fair, but what, it, what if there's not a perfect reference track for you. I think you just need to have the vocabulary. Um, That's like kind of the first thing um, after having a reference track Uh, and vocabulary takes years, years to build and is so important. I've (laughs) obviously I watch a lot of TikTok these days, but sometimes I'll see a TikTok and it'll be like a customer service TikTok. And the reason the customer is upset is because they ordered, um, a, a cappuccino and they're mad that it has foam on it. <laughs> and what yep. the person figures out is that they wanted a latte. Yep. And they just thought it was called a cappuccino. So like, there's that like absolute breakdown at the beginning where someone just has no idea, like, because they, they just don't have the vocabulary. So, like, understanding uh, some terms, some basic production terms, some genre-specific terms, um, like, knowing what chug is, <laughs> uh, if it's important, um, making and making sure that whatever producer you work with, even if they're not, like, in that genre, like, understands the words associated with it and can, like, pick out examples. Right. Um because, yeah, you know, you're not always going to be able to hire a producer, period. But you're also not going to be able to always hire a producer who's, like, strictly in line with what you want. Yep. But, you, you know, you, you want to work with a producer who's probably already making music that you like and think is good, um, interesting, or, you know, lets the band do what they want to do. Like, that's why people always liked um, working with Steve Albini was because, you know, whatever you want to say about Steve Albini, some people like him, some people don't like his work. Um, He he didn't get in the way of the band. Um, Sure. He would give his opinion if he was asked, but he wasn't trying to be first and foremost a producer. He was trying to be first and foremost an engineer. And um, so it just kind of depends. Like, are you going into a session with a really firm idea of what you want to come out of it? Or are you going into a session 
uh, wanting somebody there to guide you. Or somewhere in between. Um, yeah. Yeah. You might have 90% of the thing is like, Hey, let's lay down 90% of the track. And if I could just get some input on like the last little, maybe we need to add an insert here or add a part there. Uh, and that'll be about it. Uh, mm. uh, I, I, communication, I think is really important. Uh, setting expectations for sure. Especially when you're dealing with like your creative art, it's, very personal. And so to collaborate with somebody else, especially if they weren't a part of the original writing processes, you're bringing them into it, but how much? Yeah. <clears throat> Cause it can be a lot. I mean, there's a reason a lot of producers get writing credits on songs and specific genres, especially because they're so instrumental in taking it from very little Oops. to nothing to being what it becomes. Um, it just kind of depends. Um, but yeah, there is always in between there. I think, um, you know, a lot of artists in the studio make more production choices than, than they realize that they do. Um, but I don't know. I have not produced anything other than the things I make in my, um, this space. Well, I'll have to, uh, he, he sent me a link to, he put the, the whole, um, the whole session in a Dropbox folder. Uh, so I need to fire up my Hackintosh and download. And since he was using logic, I can just download the whole logic session Yeah. Uh, and give, give it a go and see what I can't do to, to riff on top of that. Uh, I think the the one thing, the way that I want to do this, I think I'm realistically going to have to track out the drum track by sitting over the keyboard. Yeah. It's going to be one. Yeah, of those. maybe you might. Yep. I think a lot of people do that. I yep. mean, sample drums are real drums. Yep. No, no, I don't have anything against it. It's just one of those, like I want to sit behind a drum set and do it myself, but I don't have a drum set with like a double kick setup and everything optimized. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Just that uh, kid electric set you got from the. Yep, I've got the the set for the kid, and I've set it up where it's so crammed in, where I, like I don't need, like I can't even get my foot on the hi hat. So I'm just like I'm just playing open hi hat when I go in there. I'm like elbows at the side, <laughs> not doing blast beats. Like da, 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 da. look like a, like a T Rex nah. doing that. Nah, no, no. I remember when I was doing my EP, I had to make like a lot of like vetoes more than anything when I was um, working with a producer. <clears throat> he wanted to like really drench my vocals in reverb a la like Jim James from my morning jacket. Like, <laughs> and he kept doing this and I kept saying, absolutely not. And it was just such a battle. And finally he took off like the wall of plate reverb or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, that sounds a lot better. I'm like, I know because it's I don't have... throw a life jacket. <laughs> it's like, it's one thing if you have a voice that's like a clear glass of water, but like, I, it, I, I don't think it suited my voice and I don't think it suited my music. And I didn't really, I don't really like the sound of like Jim James vocals. Like, 
particularly. I mean, there's a place for everything. I mean, if it's not not from not in my music, yeah, sure. Like I love Nico Case's vocals, and those have a a good bit of plate reverb on them. But she's got again got like a voice, like a clear glass of water. So it I just, just works. I, yeah, I just think it works. Like if you have a really pure, beautiful voice, that's like perfect almost, and then I think it works a little bit better. But like I mean, I'm that ain't me. It, it just didn't work for what I was doing. I think he probably knew that I like like Nico Case and like a lot of bands that do have reverb saturation and thought I might like that. But man, I, I hated it. It sounded so weird, bad, unnatural. So I was really glad that I won that battle. That's good I mean, communication. Like, yeah. Standing your ground. And, and the thing is like, what really bothered me about like the battle I had to go through to even get him was the battle was the battle I had to go through to even get him to like try like sure. try it because when you're doing songwriting or and when you're doing production you don't shit on ideas yeah you try everything and then you see what sounds better because even if you can't like visualize it in your brain Maybe the transition will be really cool once you hear it played out or once you figure, maybe those two parts will go together once you hear them, yep. once you figure out a transition between them. Right. And that's the beauty of a digital recording studios. You can iterate endlessly. Yeah. And put together kind of the just cool thing a about long plugins. list of different takes and just yeah. mute, mute, mute. And let's try this combination. Unmute, unmute, mute, mute. Yeah. And that's a cool thing about like plugins. That's, yeah, that's a cool, that's a great thing about DAWs. Yep. Especially, um, you know, when we were doing the, uh, the, we did a Sunday crush, did a cover of a Santa gold song for a compilation, um, that was released on Bandcamp and got some press and like Brooklyn vegan and shit. Um, and, uh, I like was working with Isaac, our bassist to mix and mix that, and uh you know that was that was fun that was really fun because i guess i was part of the production for that because i did you know all the guitar stuff um and um collaborated with isaac on some of the the mixing ideas and um i guess i also did some of the synth stuff in that um via guitar and just talking with them about like oh i did this let's let's hard pan these two tracks with the enzo um because i played it up an octave let's hard pan that left let's do the lower octave hard pan right let's and like kind of things like that and those are those are still those are production decisions and i thought that was really fun <clears throat> sure so that was a, that was a whole thing and then trying to decide like the arrangement for that like do we want to just go because we could have either I don't know if you know that song, but it goes da 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 da. It's very rigid. So we like making the decision as a band, like how do we want to arrange this? Do we want to keep that rigidity, or do we want to try to like find a groove and get it into a pocket? And I think I'm glad we went with the former and like kind of kept that rigidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeps it moving forward. It was fun. 
Well, coolest to Baines. That's what I've got. That's what I've got to contribute to production related decisions in my life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm tr- looking around, I think what I've got to, what, what I've got to contribute at this point is uh, Lambertone's grinders sound great. <laughs> That's what we were using to track the chugga chugga stuff. Nice. Not, not explicitly what those are intended for, but <laughs> I, uh, it sounds, sounded super. So I was tracking, Lambertone grinders and my Ibanez through the Mandarin 80, so the orange uh, copy through uh, with a 4x10 uh, cab on nice. the Podgo and just straight into the focus writing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it sounded, I mean, it's not the best amp tone I've ever heard, but by the time yeah. it got into the mix, it sounded good enough. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm sure there's some some things you can do to make it sound even better. Because that's, that's I, another thing. I didn't tweak the EQ or anything. It was just straight up, just whatever the preset was, plug and play. We're just looking yeah. right. That's the thing that people like talk about. Like, oh, you know, oh, it doesn't sound like as good like on its own. I'm like, yeah, but when you put in a mix, do you think you can tell the difference? Because you sure as shit can't tell the difference between a real kick drum and a fake kick drum because guess what i don't think there's a pop song that's used a mic kick drum in like 30 years <laughs> and, and if they are it's because they're using a sample from an old recording no yeah exactly that's exactly it yeah it's like it's always a, it's a sample or if because they're like drums are so hard to mic yep so just use a sample like it's just you spend you spend an hour and a half setting up mics on a on a drum kit set, and then you end up using a sampled kick anyway. It's just that's just how it is. So you know, usually, just save I, yourself the time. It's co- it's so expensive. It's like a studio can be like three hundred bucks an hour. Do you really want to spend four hundred fifty dollars miking a drum kit? I'm gonna order me some MIDI cables. Smart. the drum kit has MIDI out. Oh. And so I can at least track a bunch of it MIDI out and then just play with different kit sounds from there. Smart. And if I need to do the, the since I don't have like a double kick setup, I can always just like program the floor time and just do that a separate track as the bass drum. Yeah, you could. That'd actually probably be really crisp. Oh, yeah. Boom! Solutions. Modern problems, modern solutions. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go order myself some mini cables when we're done. My Real patch cables still haven't showed up. But Shipping is slow. Shipping My is Harmony slow. amp hasn't sh- shown up either. Well, those ones are shipping from Canada, so. Oh. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it. When they show up, they show We'll talk about them more when they get here. When they get here, they get here. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to go order some MIDI cables Uh, and uh, maybe think about doing the dishes before I lose all of my uh, motivation to do so as a bachelor for the day. (laughs) So bachelor for for the day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. Goodbye. See it. (laughs) 